Hello, good morning, Andre here. Welcome to another episode of The Daily. So good to have you join me this morning. If you've only just begun tuning into The Daily recently, welcome, welcome to our podcast. This podcast is our attempt to provide a compelling alternative story that is opposed to the endless barrage of bad news we uh, receive on social media, on the news cycle. And it's our way of centering ourselves, our mind, our souls in God's word, his truth, and join him in his mission to see the reality of his kingdom invade our world. And so this is the whole goal of the daily is for us to uh, begin our day with godly perspective and starting it off with centering ourselves with the spirit and inviting him to empower us to live his way all through our day and so if you join us join us recently this is episode 89 and so there's a whole bunch of episodes that i would like to invite you to check out some of my favorite ones are within the first 30 episodes uh, that we did and so highly encourage you to check those out and so for the rest of you loyal listeners let's begin the podcast well some time back i was flying to the u.s and i booked my plane ticket i booked economy class and I always book uh, the aisle seat because I like to stretch on a plane. And uh, some, for some reason, sitting by the window just makes me really claustrophobic. And I just hate window seats and especially uh, the middle seat, right? Because you don't know which armrest is actually yours and you are sandwiched between two people. And so when you have to go to the toilet, you have to bother someone. And when the person on the right wants to go to the toilet, they have to bother you. And so it's just an overall bad deal. And I, for that reason, like to book my seats really early. And so I booked an economy seat way in advance. I got to the airport, went to check in, and lo and behold, the plane was underbooked and they had openings in business class and they were thought, why not? Why not let's offer this young guy a business class seat? And so I flew business class, ladies and gentlemen, and my life was forever ruined. I remember I got a miles card, an airline miles card, uh, sometime after and I made it my goal to accumulate points, to not spend the points on other stuff, but to accumulate points just so I could change it to uh, airline miles to upgrade uh, my economy seat to a business class seat once again. And I managed to do so a few years ago and flew business class again. And I remember one occasion when I was flying uh, business and this was uh, one of those free upgrade kind of situations again. I was flying to a country on business and you know I was loving it. I was taking pictures or sending Amy pictures. I was like look at me this is so awesome and I was very thankful and grateful. I remember shooting up a few hallelujahs and praise you Jesus uh, on the way there and you know we I did my stuff there and uh, I flew back home now, you know, I booked an economy seat to and fro, and so I went to the airport hoping for a miracle, did not get one, <laughs> did not get a miracle again, but instead, uh, the person upgraded me to an exit row, and, uh, you know, I usually would have to pay uh, maybe about 50, 100 bucks for an exit row seat, but this time I didn't, and I remember sitting in the seat, and I was just uh, ungrateful and unhappy, right? I had just experienced, right, the awesomeness that is business class, and now I was flying back in the economy. Now, isn't it interesting, right, that uh, the blessing has kind of two sides to it uh, in the way it affects your heart. 
I remember going there, you know, I was so grateful and happy and joyful. I was thanking God the whole trip there. But on the way back, you know, I was disgruntled. I was unhappy. I was ungrateful. I was discontent. And that's what blessings kind of do in our life, right? You know, at times, uh, you know, it makes us grateful. But often, they're not, if we're not careful, it can turn us to be ungrateful, discontent people who buy into kind of our culture's belief that we need more and more in order to be happy we need a bigger house we need more experiences we need to go to the best restaurants we need to fly uh in the best class and when we earn enough money to afford these things and experience these things that is when we'll be truly happy however the painful reality is this that if your heart isn't set in the right place every experience no matter how good how pleasant how valid has the potential to stoke the fires of discontent, the fires of an unbridled desire to want to accumulate more and more in your heart and your belly and you spend your whole life trying to do more, earn more in order to have more, thinking that you'll be happy when instead it just puts you in an endless cycle of discontent. Now, all this to say, you know, we are all wired that way and we know that human beings, right, we are just conditioned to want more and more, right? Uh, Thomas Aquinas, once he was asked, uh, what would it take to satisfy human desire? What would it take for human beings to go, uh, I have enough? And the answer he came up with was everything. And by that, he meant that it wasn't just that you experience everything, but you would experience everyone and be experienced by everyone. That means you would be in every restaurant, every place, every site, every sound. We would have to experience the universe itself in order to be satisfied. Carl Rayner once said this, that in the torment of the insufficiency of everything attainable, we learn that ultimately in this world, there is no finished symphony. Just think about that, right? No finished symphony, an unfinished symphony. Think of that feeling, right? When you watch a show and then it gets to that crescendo moment and you know it's about to hit it and then all of a sudden the music just fades, everything just stops. That feeling of uh, coming almost to a point of satisfaction and and then yet stopping short is the human condition. It is what drives many to push themselves silly and ultimately into spiritual ruin. Now, is there a spiritual practice that would help us quell these unbridled desires and instead center ourselves in God, in the good things that He's bring, brought into our lives and to not turn these good things into idols, but instead maintain a heart of constant gratitude and praise? And yes, there's a spiritual practice and it's the practice of simplicity. Now, this is one of the 10 practices that we have called our church to participate in through our rule of life. This practice called simplicity. Now, we often confuse simplicity with minimalism or like Marie Kondo, everything. But simplicity, I'll put it to you, existed way before Muji and Marie Kondo. It is something believers of Jesus, followers of his way, were known for and embrace of a simple life. Richard Foster in his book Freedom of Simplicity writes, contemporary culture is plagued by the passion to possess. The unreasoned boast abounds that a good life is found in accumulation, that more is better. Indeed, we often accept this notion without question. 
with the result that the lust for affluence in contemporary society has become psychotic. It has almost completely lost touch with reality. And he goes on to say this, Christian simplicity frees us from this modern mania. It brings sanity to our compulsive extravagance and peace to our frenetic spirit. It liberates us from what William Penn called cumber. It allows us to see material things for what they are, goods to enhance life and not to oppress life. People once again become more important than possessions. Simplicity enables us to live lives of integrity in the face of the terrible realities of our global village. Now, isn't that a stunning vision for life? A simple life, a life that is content, a life that isn't uh, pulled by the currents of our culture, consumerism and accumulation, the endless desire, wanting more and more. Simplicity really is a kind of freedom. I think about that verse in Ecclesiastes where it says this, verse seven, chapter 7, verse 29, God made man simple. Man's complex problems are of his own devising. Now, in most translations of the verse, it goes, God made man upright, straight, righteous. But I like the translation. It says that God made man simple. And I don't think simple in the sense of dull or dumb, but I think simple in the sense of what we need. God made us simply for him, to be sustained by him and to walk with him. That is what God has made us for. It is so simple. But because of the allure of the world, of stuff, and our unbridled desire, we have sought for many things and we have turned our heart into a kind of complex jungle when in actuality we are simple beings, beings who were made for God to live by Him, to be sustained by Him. It says in the scripture that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us were made to live in God's glory, to be with Him in His presence. I think of that line from Augustine that goes, Our hearts are restless until it finds its rest in thee talking about God, that our hearts are restless, are frenetic, are searching for something that will bring it to a kind of resolution until it finds its rest in God. And the sooner we come to that realization, the sooner we'll stop looking for stuff or experiences to make us happy. Because simplicity, in, in essence, is an inward reality that translates to a outward lifestyle. It is a simple inward reality that says all I need is God to be content, to be happy, that translates into an outward lifestyle, an outward expression. Because I'm content and satisfied in God, I no longer need stuff to keep me content and grateful and happy. Instead, when stuff comes my way, when good experiences, good things come my way, it turns into opportunities, moments in time to offer praise and gratitude. And when that, those same stuff are taken away, are removed, my contentment, my joy isn't in any way depleted. That is simplicity. Richard Foster would suggest 10 ways for us to outwardly express simplicity. In the interest of time, I won't go through all 10, but I'll just talk about maybe three. First off, he says that we ought to buy things for their usefulness rather than their status. And we think about uh, buying the latest hype beast kind of clothing, and you know, there are t-shirts that go for like $500. 
Now, is there anything different about a t-shirt as opposed to the $10 t-shirt that you get from Giordano? Absolutely not. Other than the brand and perhaps the material, it does the same thing. It is a t-shirt. It covers your body. And so, you know, it's not saying that you should avoid expensive brands and all that kind of stuff, but we kind of have to check our heart whenever we buy stuff. Are we buying things in order to look good, to impress people, or are we buying things for its utility? And I think that's a good kind of consideration to have whenever we buy something. It goes on to say this, uh, that we also ought to reject anything that's producing an addiction in us. I think that's just sound wisdom. Whatever is getting you hooked, whatever is pulling your attention away from God and His kingdom, you ought to not participate in it. You, not, ought, you ought not to purchase it. That is just sound wisdom. And a third one, it is for us to develop a habit of giving things away. Now, this is just sound advice right here because, you know, in some ways, when you find yourself becoming attached to some possession, you ought to consider giving it away in order for it to not turn into a kind of idol in your life. And regifting things, giving stuff away is just a great way to also eliminate wastage. And that's just good for the environment, right? And we all have like extra stuff in our house that we have put in our cupboards for some scenario that we have concocted for ourselves as an excuse and that scenario will probably never happen. And so a great way for us to outwardly express simplicity is to de-accumulate, to simplify, 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 to have things in our home that actually carry utility, we will actually use it, it's actually useful to us in that present season, instead of more stuff to make us feel good of all that we have accumulated in life. And so I hope that you would uh, consider practicing the, these habits of simplicity. I know I certainly do. I have accumulated a whole bunch of stuff, books, and yeah, mainly books, and I need to give some of those away. But let me encourage you with a final passage of scripture from uh, Philippians, and this is the Apostle Paul. And we've talked about this scripture a ton, but it's just good reminder for us even this day. Philippians chapter 4. Starting from verse 11, it says this, I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through Him who gives me strength. Now Philippians 4.13 is a well-known verse. Athletes tattoo it on their bodies, they put it on their face before they go into the game and they, they declare with utmost faith, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But read that verse in its context. What is Paul saying that he's able to do through Christ? It is to be content. To be content in plenty. And it's also to be content in need, in lack. And what a vision for us to capture in this day where whole economies are fueled by this endless desire for more, by consumerism, by mindless accumulation. We as a people of God subvert the current of our culture by being simple. Simple in desire, simple in lifestyle, simple in our devotion to God. And so let us pray this morning, even as we close off this time. I'd like for us to spend a few moments with the Spirit this morning and even consider whether we have 
embraced our culture's mantra of more and more truly makes you happy? Or are we living in the way of Jesus to be simple in our desire, to be simple in our life, to be simple in devotion? And maybe there are areas in your life or certain uh, indulgences that you've picked up through your life that distract you from God's presence and they are clutter. They are clutter where, it, where your spiritual life is concerned. And God is inviting you this day to de-accumulate, to declutter your life. And it may not be stuff, it may be habits, it may be indulgences. Allow the Spirit to speak to you this morning. And let's desire to be simple people. Coming back to that verse, God has made us simple. We are the ones who complicate things. We are the ones who complicate ourselves and make our hearts complex and complicated. And this is a day for us to learn to be simple people, to be just as God has created us to be. And so I invite you in this time to just lean into the spirit and just do a mental audit of your life, the stuff that you own, stuff that you participate in, And maybe the Spirit today, in His mercy and kindness, may flag out some stuff, may flag out some habits, some things that you put in your schedule that is clutter, that is a distraction. Allow Him to surface these things and speak to you as you invite Him to simplify your life. Let's spend a few moments this morning allowing the Spirit to speak to us. Awesome, I hope the Spirit has spoken to you this day. Let us close off this time in prayer. Spirit of God, I invite you to speak to us this day, to identify areas in our life that is out of your way, areas in our lives that, though good, though uh, isn't outrightly immoral, distract us and pull our attention and affections away from you, O God. Teach us to simplify our life, to declutter, to deaccumulate to not place our affections and trust on things, on items or experiences, but to instead grow to be a people who trust you wholeheartedly and completely and find our innermost and utmost contentment in you. Spirit, we ask for your grace this day. Help us. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in to yet another episode of The Daily. We'll have one more for you before we end off this week. Pastor Janice is going to bring a great episode. I'll see you this Sunday for our online gathering at 10 a.m. on Facebook. Grace and peace. God bless. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to the daily podcast. We'll have fresh new episodes out for you every weekday. If you like what you're hearing and want to check us out, uh, you can look us up on our website, www.thecity.sg, or check us out on our various social media platforms. We'll see you at the next episode. Peace.